Welcome to episode 38 of the Lovecraft Tapes podcast. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we're going to play this 7th edition Call of Cthulhu horror role-playing game from Chaosium, based upon the fictional works of H.P. Lovecraft. Your investigators of the unknown are... Matt as Dan Williams. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Roy, I need you to grab the pastor and embrace him in a passionate lover's kiss. Gabe as Roy Arroyo. Generic phrase. And Brian as Jack Whiteside. I get it, bro, you vape. How's everybody feeling tonight? I feel squishy. I'm dead. And warm. I feel with my hands. I feel with my tongue. I feel gently. Do you feel pretty and witty and bright? Feeling better, not quite dead yet. All right. Uh, so before we begin here, uh, let's uh, take a quick look at a letter from beyond that I received. Hooray, letters. Uh, this is on Facebook from Daryl Carlson. He says, I just now listened to chapter 31 instead of when you posted it. Real life intrudes harshly sometimes. I enjoyed the way you concluded the adventure, but I do have one question about the final battle. When you said Dan had a sense of deja vu upon seeing the Shambler, why didn't you have him take a penalty? Just a one-time small thing to slow his initial reaction time. I would think that after his previous experience, even his subconscious would scream, what the fuck? (laughs) I also half expected Sam to end up going back to the 1950s when she disappeared from the den. Or maybe she did? So uh, I did actually answer uh, Daryl on Facebook. But just for anybody else who's been wondering about this. So when I made that uh, comment in episode uh, 31, it's actually episode 31, not uh, chapter 31. I was sort of half joking about uh, Dan having a sense of deja vu when he met the Shambler. Because we don't really know whether or not Dan is the same Daniel from the 1950s. Right. Plus, on top of that, Dan just rolled really, really well. Mm-hmm. And I did not want to interrupt the flow of the story and what was happening with something like that. I actually half expected both of those guys to die anyways. (laughs) And the fact that they didn't sort of made it all worthwhile. And as far as Sam going back to the 1950s, I can't really answer that right now. So you're just going to have to wait and see. Tune in next time. (laughs) I mean, whatever. All right. Before we begin, we do need to take a quick commercial break. And now... A word from our sponsor. Are you throwing a Halloween party this year? Putting on a haunted house, perhaps? Mm. Are you looking for a way to elevate your decorations to edge out those pesky Joneses next door? Those damn Joneses with their perfect lawn and nice cars and their non-burning bushes that don't espouse rhetoric to inspire passersby to commit horrible, horrible crimes? God, I hate those Joneses! Ugh. Sorry, I uh, got a bit sidetracked. Where was I? Ah, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> uh, yes. If you're looking for that certain something to spook the bejesus out of your partygoers slash customers, then look no further than me. Hi, I'm Donnie, CEO, founder, and president of Donnie's Demon Rental. Our demons come in all shapes, sizes, and sins for your convenience. We have demons of lust for really spicing up your love life slash swingers party slash sex dungeons. We have sloth demons for those days when you just want to do nothing. Or when you want to try to get someone to do so much nothing that they nothing themselves to death. And we have demons of gluttony to ruin Mrs. Jones's perfect figure and beautiful hair and makeup and I can't stand those mother <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> For the truly hardcore audience, I recommend our demon party in a box. It contains an assortment of wrathful, vengeful, angry spirits ready to possess you and your annoying neighbors who won't stop having such 
perfect lives. Uh, or just, uh, just to scare the crap out of your friends. Donnie's Demon Rental. We deliver unto you your own personal demons. We cannot be held liable for any residual negative effects of the demonic rental, such as possession, spewing pea soup, 360 degree head rotations, grotesque physical malformations, strange otherworldly vocalizations, and death. And we're back. Oh my god. Right? I can't believe they sponsored us. So royalty checks are coming in... Uh, what date? No, we paid them. Oh, Gabe. All right, we're going to need to hire somebody else. Gabe cannot be in charge of this anymore. I'm out $400 already. Gabe, the idea is that they pay us to talk about them, not us paying them. I don't know. If it was royalty checks, though, I kind of figured it had to be signed by a king or a queen. I agree. I mean, technically. Yeah. That's what's got to happen. Yeah, maybe a prince if they can get, like, a note from their parent. Let us now continue Chapter 5, Hell House. Previously on the Lovecraft Apes. After skulking around the Leland Free Evangelical Church on Saturday night, the investigators spend some time discussing Kelly Landrum and theological topics with Pastor Ted Weaver. He claims no knowledge of anything strange occurring at the Angerstein house and chalks Kelly's suicide up to a troubled past and poor upbringing that led the poor girl on the pathway straight to Satan. He hopes the Hell House attraction will help some other wayward soul find redemption. After they return to the screen door inn, Dan hatches a plan to sneak back into the pastor's office to take photos of the files he found locked in a cabinet. Bum, bum, bum. Pretty sure it was my plan, but okay. <laughs> Sunday morning dawns. The team receives word from assistant director Skinner that they will have to wait another day before paperwork can be sent to the local police, allowing them to dig deeper with authority. She also sends them a Reddit discussion regarding Kelly Landrum, reminding the two agents they should probably try to do a better job of monitoring all channels of communications for clues. At the church, Roy does a fine job of fast-talking the preacher, but unfortunately Dan is caught exiting the office. Meanwhile, Jack drives over to survey any activity at the Angerstein place and happens to see something in the woods on the outskirts of the property. And now we continue episode 38. It is late morning Sunday. October 22nd, only two days until Hell House opens to the public. Jack. Meehoff. You're standing beside the Oldsmobile parked in front of the Angerstein house. About a hundred yards to the northwest, you spy the telltale tip of a cigarette glowing, then fading, just beyond the tree line. Someone is standing in the woods. 420, blaze it, yo. What the f- Fudge suckers. All right, so I'm parked in front of the house, and I'm looking at the house. The cigarette's on my left, way off on the tree line. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. I'm going to use my cloak of invisibility, Mm -hmm. and I'll roll a d20 for damn wrong game. Shoot him. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna play innocent. I'm gonna walk around the the outside of the house again. And then you're gonna shoot him. No, I'm not. I'm not uh, Roy. Yeah, you're a wuss. Yes, I'm gonna walk around. I'm gonna hello. Anybody here? Kind of looking up to the windows. Go around the back where the tent's at by the kitchen entrance. As soon as you circle around to the east of the house, you're out of sight of him or whoever it is. And uh, that was my goal. I wanted to make it look like I was seeing if anybody was there. So I'm going to go to the far corner, hugging the the house. It's kind of big to give a hug to. Well, I've it? got huge arms. Oh, okay. And see if I can get a good look across the field without him seeing me or her seeing me. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden, sir. I will. 
There it is. Whoops, there it is. Hi. I needed a 70, and I got an 80. Eesh. Okay, do you want to let that stand? Push the roll, push the Not roll. Not pushing the roll for <laughs> luck or for spy hidden. Um, I'm going to have to. I don't have enough luck to, to lose 10 points. I'm letting it go. Okay. You don't see any tip of the cigarette anymore? Okay. Keep going over to the tent area to the kitchen entrance. Still saying, hello, anybody here? There is no response from the house. It appears to be empty. Okay. I'm going to go up to try the kitchen door. It is locked. Yep. I figured as much. So I'm going to back down. I'm going to walk over back over to the front door and try that door. It is locked as well. I'm going to check the windows. So you can see that to the north, there is a, a window. To the east, there's a big window. There is a window on the front porch. I'm going to try the front porch window just to the right of the door, right? Having circled the house, you know that all the windows have curtains inside that are closed or blinds. Gotcha. So you, you essentially can't see inside and the front porch window is quite locked. Obviously uh, when they left for uh, church or whatever, they wanted to keep this locked pretty tight. Get in the car and I drive up the porch and right through the front. Can you intimidate the door open? Yeah. Hey, you little piece of shit. <laughs> Wow, it worked. All right, I'm going to go back to the front door and just apply a little shoulder pressure. Turn the handle and just try to do a little push. What would be best for that? Or just a straight strength roll, maybe. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking, but he's going to have to go against the door. Right, and the door's got a strength of 200. Why don't you go ahead and give me an intelligence roll? Okay. You must intelligently open the door. Okay, so you succeeded in your intelligence roll. You needed a 50 and you rolled a 47. Yep. Judging from the lock that's on the front door, if you do break it, it will be irreparable and highly noticeable. Yeah, I don't want that. I don't want breaking and entering. Use your credit card and just like in between the... the... Smash the window and call it part of the ambiance. Well, I was seriously considering popping out a small window, but there are no small windows. They're all fairly large. That's true. It's an older house, so it's going to be probably single pane glass, so it's going to all shatter the entire window, not just a corner of it. Okay. Well, that was a bust. I'm going to get back in the car, run to the diner, and grab a coffee while waiting for church to get out. Okay. Dan, you're standing outside the too loudly closed door to Pastor Ted Weaver's office, the sound still echoing in the rafters of the church. A shaft of sunlight breaks through the gray clouds, blazing through a stained glass window, illuminating you like a guilty spotlight. I am the second coming of your God. Worship me. Roy, the pastor, the chief of police, and both deputies are standing in the foyer looking in your direction. And I do need to send Gabe a little whisper here. There you go, buddy. Keep that to yourself for now, please. Dan, what would you like to do? Oh, gosh. Play the Dukes of Hazard theme and get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Drop to the ground, start singing the Mission Impossible theme, and crawl all around. Oh. I'm going to awkwardly waddle across to the other door going, that was not the bathroom, that was not the bathroom, that was not the bathroom, and then swing into that other door on the other side and close it just as loudly. So as you start to move around the dais, muttering, that's not the bathroom, that's not the bathroom, Chief Weaver starts to swagger up the aisle with his hands on his hips. Why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden? I needed a 58 and I rolled a 77. That is a failure. Would you like to let that stand? Yeah. Push it. So Chief Weaver is coming up the aisle and he, with his hands on his hips, kind of looking at you curiously. He's like, uh, well, Mr. Williams, I didn't know you was a church going man. Just going to keep walking right over into the other one. 
pretend Excuse I didn't Excuse me, Mr. Williams. I gotta go. And you're you're maybe a third of the way to your hopeful door. And he takes one hand off his hip, holds out the palm of his hand, like, hold on there, Mr. Williams. Uh, and you see his other hand sort of creeping towards the butt of his gun. <laughs> he said bye. You also notice that Roy is just looking at you in horror. He hasn't moved. Now, Mr. Williams, you say you're looking for a bathroom? Yeah, I uh, I decided to have the prune pancakes with a side of bran flakes for breakfast, and it is not going well. I thought I needed more fiber. Turns out I had too much fiber. You know what that's like. Well, I certainly do. I certainly do. I've, I've uh, made that my mistake uh, plenty of times my own self. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Let, let's go ahead and have you do a fast talk. How do you feel about <laughs> that, sir? I'm just going to pull out my... I'm going to go the Roy route. I'm just going to pull my gun out and shoot him. <laughs> And what we're going to do here is we're going to have a little fun. We're going to do your fast talk, and then I'm going to do my psychology roll. How do you like them apples? Oh. I have a five in fast talk, so I'm just going to lose. Well, that's quite fine. I have a a, a, a 40 in psychology, so. <laughs> I'm going to get put in jail. Oh, actually, that was better than I thought. I needed a five, and I rolled a 13. Spend it. All right, so would you would you like to stick with that, or would you like to uh, augment it? Seven? Actually, if I do my math correctly, it'd be eight. Okay, eight. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna spend the luck on that, and I'm gonna burn those eight points, which brings me down to fifty-two luck. Wow! Why would you do that? My goodness gracious! Well, all you have to do is avoid me getting some sort of hard extreme success. How's that feel? <laughs> well, here I go. I'm looking at your fast roll, and I'm rolling my own. Oh shit! I fa- I fumbled. He shot himself in his own brain. <laughs> I needed a 40, and I rolled myself a 9 to 7. So, well, you know what, sir? I can totally understand. You can see his his hands moving away from the gun, and his posture is becoming less threatening. And he sidles up to you and puts his arm around your shoulder. Well, I I, I apologize, sir. I I just, I, I know how it is. Now, come on over here, and uh, you just you just finish up here. We'll hold off closing up the church, and you just, didn't, you know, you know, try to relax, because I know what it's like getting all bound up and whatnot. I, I appreciate Appreciate that very much, Chief Weaver. Thank you. That's just plain fine. We'll we'll catch you later, and I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Oh, thank you very much. Dan disappears into the bathroom. Roll for shit, Matt. I might as well. <laughs> I mean, I'm already there. I'm gonna go the Roy route and just wreck the bathroom. <laughs> Roy starts to feel uh, a little bit better, and he is sort of numb and becoming more and more aware that there are people around him. Chief Weaver departs with Steve Ellis and Aaron Martinez, so Roy is left on the stoop with Pastor Ted, who is like, uh, my son, you, you don't look so good. Are you, are you feeling all right? I'm probably fine. Okay, all right. You feel free to just wait here for your friend. It's it's all good. And uh, you need some coffee or anything? Can I get you anything? I'll take some coffee. Yeah, well, why don't you sit over here in one of these pews and uh, wait for your friend, and I'll bring out some coffee for the both of you. And he quickly disappears back into where the uh, little kitchenette is, and Dan comes out at the exact same time, back into the church. Pastor goes past him and says, uh, Dan, uh, you, your friend is not looking so good. Um, I'm going to bring you boys both some coffee, so why don't you have a sit down over there, and uh, I'll be right back. Hey, thank you very much. It's very kind of you. You sure you need coffee, Matt? You just really shit yourself. So, Dan, you uh, you rejoin Roy, who is looking a bit pale. You uh, forget to get your morning shiner this morning, Roy? Uh, you look a little bit off there, buddy. Oh, uh, you forget how to do stealthy things? <laughs> 
Hey, I recovered, and that's all that matters. Also, I wouldn't use that bathroom. I never failed in the first place, so... Well, you know, you, you probably should have covered for me when you saw that door go off. I mean, if you would have just asked him about his favorite Star Wars movie and then insisted that the prequels were the best ones <laughs> like we planned, we wouldn't have this problem. Are you kidding? Do you know what this? how big of a dick this guy is? You know he loves the prequels. And then uh, Pastor Weaver uh, comes back out with a couple mugs of coffee and uh you guys finish that up it it tastes pretty weak then he uh he ushers you out into the parking lot couldn't get an usher to do that huh no he got usher to do that he's like uh, you, you boys have a good day now uh, enjoy the rest of this day looks like the clouds are starting to depart so hopefully things will be nice yeah you 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 have a fine one too father all right now see ya and he takes off he flies away <laughs> He just runs into the forest, never to be seen again. Roy and Dan, what are you doing? On the bright side, I might have slammed that door, but I got a picture of every single file in a gigantic file folder in that cabinet. And I think, from what I could tell, it was number stuff. How about you don't talk about it on the porch of the church? (laughs) All right, well, why don't we go get back to um, maybe the diner and I can take a look at that accounting junk. Works for me. Uh, didn't Jack say he'd be around to pick us up after church got out? Uh, he's probably dead. We should just go on ourselves. Diner's not that far from here, is it? Probably a good 40 minute walk. Yeah, Dan needs the exercise. After what I just went through? Uh, Fine, call an Uber or Jack. I don't care. Uh, I'm going to pull my phone out and ring up Jack to see where he is at. Jack, your phone's ringing. I said Uber first because it was the better option. Excuse me, I only use Lyft. Special Agent Whiteside. Hey, Jack, it's Dan. We just got done over here at the church. I got what we were looking for. All right, I'm grabbing my coffee from the diner. I'll be right over. Okay. Did he mention me? No, Roy, he did not mention me. I love you. He is over at the diner uh, picking up coffee, so he should be here shortly. Five minutes goes by, and uh, Jack shows up. Got three coffees with me. Hand them out. Danny, why don't you sit up front with me? Ooh, shotgun. I'll rush to the seat. Shotgun. Shotgun. I said it it first. Yeah, and I shoot him. (laughs) I shoot your bullets out of the air with my bullets, and suddenly it's a John Woo film. Doves everywhere. So you're in the car. I hand out the coffees. What'd you guys find? I got into the office. I opened up that filing cabinet, and I got a good number of pictures of what looked like accounting stuff. So maybe there's something in the numbers, something that this church is doing, that Pastor Weaver is doing, that he's hiding, that has something to do with that house. Gotcha. I mean, if there's a money trail for it, he's going to be taking the money from his church. Right. That's good. Roy, you're good at that, right? The accounting information i mean i gotta see but like i can okay. try you like have an entire uh, an entire c yeah wow the accountancy where do you keep it well you know the dead sea yeah 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 it's not alive anymore yeah it's because i killed it so that's my c damn all right well i went out to the house and uh it's under guard oh it was somebody out in the tree line watching the house so I did a circle around. All the doors were locked. Could not get in. You didn't go after the guy in the tree line? No, or? I did not go after the guy in the tree line. I played it off like I was there looking for somebody. That way we wouldn't... You gotta remember, we don't have any paperwork backing up our investigation at this point. Fair point. So I didn't want to risk it, especially by myself. So here's your goddamn coffee. Oh, I thank you. Oh, I just had coffee. Snap. All right, let's go back to the uh, screen door in 
and check out what we got. Isn't that a little public of a place to go for that? I mean, they can literally see right through the walls into the room everything. Well, we'll just have to have Danny do his famous dance to, to distract everybody. Oh boy, I've been waiting to do this. Get your fans out. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't leave home without them. Alright, so uh, if I understand correctly, you're going to retire back to the screen door so that Roy can examine the photos on the phone? Yep. I think our tires are fine. Retire. All right, so that happens, and uh, Roy, go ahead and give me a roll that uh, you'd like to. No promises. Oh, I failed. Damn it, I needed a 40, I got a 57. These are really big numbers, guys. <laughs> Do you have someone back at the Bureau who's maybe like does like financial stuff for a living that you could send these off to? I mean, there are a lot of people at the FBI, right? No, six. Oh, wow. Wow. I really thought there were more than six. It's actually just me, Skinner, and Jack now, I guess. Oh, wow. That's, uh, that's, that's We had to let the other guys go. Yeah, there, there are some folks at the uh, the Bureau who could probably examine this over the course of a day, let's say. Yeah. All right. I'm going to send it through Google Docs. Hashtag sponsor us, Google. <laughs> Hashtag still not sponsored. The files are sent to the Bureau, and why don't you go ahead and make a note to yourselves to check on this tomorrow because i'm not gonna remind you okay google and this would be after kelly's funeral if you were to attend the funeral i'll do that great so what would you like to do the rest of your sunday afternoon want to go play some football yeah let's go toss the sack i mean football (laughs) (laughs) we want to make another swing past the house yeah i think we should i think we should bring all of you guys this time you know what i'd like to do that's when we're getting close. I'd like to jump out and uh, maybe walk myself in. If we can go around the back road here, I'd like to get out and walk myself in through the uh, tree line up from the back of the house. And No. Maybe you'll find a cigarette butt while you're there. You guys drive up and uh, do your thing, and I'm going to I'm gonna see what I can see. You guys do that. I'm going to go find some guys to play football. All right. Sounds good. Come on, Danny. Okay. I don't understand you, Rose Days, Roy. I think that you... I figured that you would like football more than some boring thing that isn't going to work because he's an idiot. We're here to investigate. It's Sunday. A potential murder. Oh, hey. Oh, wow, Mr. Ooh, let's break the rules. Now that I cast my mind to it, we haven't visited Mitch yet. Oh, that's right. Well, I want to do that, but I don't want to be with you guys. Maybe Mitch will play football. Was Mitch at the service today? No, actually, I kept an eye on everyone that we, we'd met so far, and I did not see Mitch there, which honestly doesn't surprise me that much. My but... first thought was that's who was watching that house. So, uh, how about you and me head back and do another run at the haunted house? Roy, you can go chat it up with mitch nice see if he wants to play football hey roy why don't you be a little aggressive on this one i am the best at sax dude Uh, i think it's spelled sax tenor or alto and then roy does a a sweet saxophone solo reminiscent of the lost boys sax band (laughs) no more reminiscent of lisa simpson no actually more more reminiscent of bleeding gums murphy oh yeah there you go oh everyone knows old bleeding gums murphy oh bleeding gums all right so roy so how are you gonna get there i'll ooh it, you know, that should be fun. Get some good banter. Why don't you call Martinez? He'll give you a ride. Nope. All right, so let's say that the Landrum household is actually a trailer. Nothing wrong with trailers. Well, I don't know. There might be something wrong with trailers. Only if there's a tornado. I like movie trailers. I don't like movie trailers. They give too much away. The Uber drops you off essentially right where the Landrum household is. You see a pretty run-down trailer, lots of rust to it. It's nothing fancy. It's very dilapidated. What little yard there 
bushes, it's uncut grass, weeds overgrown. There is a uh, broken down motorcycle that's been stripped of its tires, sort of leaning on one side. As you walk up, there are a family of chipmunks that scurry up underneath the uh, broken skirting underneath the trailer. Well, first things first, I'm gonna rate I'm gonna rate Petronago five stars because that was a great ride. Nice. You hear a distant beep as you do. <laughs> a little honk. Yeah, you know, we had some good conversations. It was good. Nice. And then uh, I'll knock on the door. As you knock on the door, the house number swivels down. The house number is actually uh, one sixty nine. And then the nine six, uh, the nine swivels down to say six, so that's one sixty six now. Blame. And there is no response to your hollow knocking on the door. Try normal knocking. I'll knock very hard on the door and yell, "Hey, yo, come out here! It's your daughter. I'm alive." Oh, God. <laughs> God damn it! That's hardcore. Uh, there is no answer from the trailer. And oddly enough, there is very little response from any of the neighboring trailers. It's as if here everybody keeps to their own business. Is there windows on the trailer? Uh, there certainly is, yeah. They're, they're pretty cheap, what do you call them, louver windows. I'll do my best. Can I look into them? Yep, There's. Uh, you can see clearly in past the dirty, unwashed windows to the interior. There is no drapes on the windows, but there are some broken blinds that have been drawn you can see that they're in really terrible shape. Inside, you see a dusty interior with dust motes flo- floating through the air onto uh, a really ragged sofa that has an ashtray that's overloaded to one side, a bunch of empty beer cans uh, tossed around to one side and scattered along the floor. Is there a screen door? Uh, no. Oh, that ruins a lot of plans. How does he live like this? Any neighbors out on the lawn, etc.? No, honestly, there's not nobody. Everybody is like either in this particular trailer park keeping quite to themselves or they're not home, but that doesn't seem likely. Can I inspect the doors, see how sturdy they seem? It seems very unsturdy. <laughs> Can I kick in one of the doors? You could. I'm going to do that, yeah. It kicks in extremely easily. And you you see that it was never locked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's good. It looks like it has been maybe kicked open a couple times over the course of years. All right, I'll start uh, looking around, see if there's any signs of Mitch. It takes you like all of 15 seconds to realize that there's nobody home. It just smells like sour sweat in here with maybe just a hint of bleach. That's the power of pine salt. And uh, why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden. Oh, I got an extreme. I needed a 70 and I got an 8. Nice. All right. So you spend a few moments just searching around the house, kicking over fallen piles of books and newspapers and looking at the decades old TV set that looks like it had been patched together with duct tape. Quickly make your way back to one of the bedrooms and as you open the door, you see posters of teen idols and twilight and goth bands and you realize this is kelly landrum's room you move in and very quickly and easily immediately spot that there's something underneath the mattress there's a telltale lump and you can see something peeking out looks like a tassel of some sort (laughs) a really kinky dildo all right so i'll walk away (laughs) that'd be the jack whiteside method i'll pick it up 
and I'll, I'll, I'll inspect what it is. So you lift the mattress, which actually, you know, in this really shitty mobile home, this room is actually in pretty decent shape. It was kept up and cleaned on a regular basis. Gross. And uh, you do also notice that there was a uh, series of deadbolts that had been installed from the inside. And you find a journal beneath the mattress with the tassel from a graduation cap tucked in as a bookmark. All right, I'll go to that page and read that page. Uh, it, it basically begins Kelly's tale of her own addiction and recovery. And as you turn the pages and read more and more about how this young lady was on the path to rehabilitate her life, then you find entries about her joining the uh, Leland Free Evangelical Church and how Pastor Weaver has been very understanding and and, uh, listening to her tale and helping her recover and how she's been making friends among the church-going folk. Particularly, uh, Dawn Ellers was a very close friend. Their friendship blossomed and they they became very close. And then there is a section where things start to turn a little bit dark. Kelly writes that she is beginning to worry about Dawn Ellers' mental health. There is then mention of you know, working at the Angerstein house, in particular cleaning up the attic and feeling those old familiar impulses to use again, drugs. <gasps> the journal peters out to just the last few pages where the writings have become almost mere ramblings of dark thoughts and then ceases entirely. Okay, so I'll rip off the tassel so I can keep it as a bookmark and pocket the book. Got it. And so I can save some time since we spent 20 minutes trying to see if he can open a freaking door. If I decide to wait in this house, will he ever come back? Ooh, you're not quite sure, but uh, it looks like he has not been there in a while. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I'll go to the local bar, the closest bar. So let's go ahead and move back to uh, Dan and Jack. And you guys arrive to Angerstein house and you can see that uh, the door is open and there is activity there again it appears to be in full swing hey danny why don't you go in and uh, see what you can find i'm gonna do a walk around the property real quick okay i'll see how far i can get into the house before someone stops me well you could say hi somebody stop me don't just like walk and not make eye contact don't look at me i made it 36 feet jack 36 feet <laughs> all right uh so jack let's talk about you going around the perimeter what does that entail what does that look uh, like i'm probably walking he's putting his left foot in front of his right foot i'm going to go to the right of the house i'm gonna hug the tree line and just walk the tree line all the way around the property let's say you get to the corner of the house and then move your way towards the tree line and as soon as you achieve the tree line you do indeed see a tip of another cigarette okay again same spot to the northwest 100 yards away from you gotcha i'm just gonna mosey my way on that right over there danny I'm going to uh, walk up to the front door of the house and peek my head in to see if there's anyone just immediately in that front that front foyer. Uh, you see Kevin Cho, who is doing a little painting just outside of the uh, school shooting room. And he, he looks at you and sort of frowns a little bit. And then another guy, he looks like he's a little bit of a punk guy. And he is essentially nailing something scary to a wall. Don't call Jennifer scary. It looks to you like a uh, maybe a skull face or something. <laughs> As you stand on the, on the front porch, a young woman traipses 
chases down the stairs, who is dressed up like Satan. Aw, that's cute. Not like like a sexy Satan at Halloween. More like evil, I suppose. There's only sexy Satans. Some of her features have been painted quite sharply and intently. And she sees you and walks straight up to you. Ooh. And gently takes your hand. Danny. (laughs) Oh, boy. She looks deeply into your eyes and says, you don't like guns, do you? Um, hi, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Dan Williams. I'm here looking into, um, the unfortunate, untimely demise of, um, one girl named Kelly Landrum. Uh, I know she was working here. Uh, did you know, were you here when that happened? Did you, uh, happen to see anything? So why don't you like guns? Oh, the war. And she giggles and runs back up the stairs. Holy shit. Let's cut back to Jack. Ha ha. All right, I'm working my way over to where I saw the guy smoking a cigarette. Why don't you go ahead and give me a stealth roll, buddy? Do I have to be stealthy? Could it be a combat roll? Could it be a barrel roll? Roll out the barrels. Well, I needed a 60, and I only got a 5. So why don't you go ahead and roll for sanity? No. <laughs> Extreme six. I'm like, wait, what? I'll spend the luck and get it down to zero. You basically skirt the tree line, staying on the lawn side, and... And as you get closer, you can see that there is someone standing there, a shadowy shape, which quickly resolves to a young man who is completely and utterly naked. No, (laughs) completely and utterly absorbed in his smartphone. Oh. He's sort of bent down looking at the, the glowing screen of his smartphone. Okay. And in one hand, you can see the cigarette that he had been smoking mm-hmm. sort of jittering in his hand slightly. Ooh. And he's like flipping through something on his smartphone. Okay. And you're able to get just as close as you, with that roll, just as close <laughs> as you want to get. Yes. I'm going to get within grabbing distance. So close enough to if needed. And I'm going to say, excuse me, young man. Oh, Jesus Christ. Where the fuck you come from? I'm sorry. I did not mean to scare you by any means. And in the his excitement, he drops his, his cell phone. All right. I reach down and grab it quickly. And he watches you in horror as you see clearly mm-hmm. a photo on his phone mm-hmm. that looks a little something like... Oh, God, man. Put the hentai away. We don't need to it see better that. better not be poor. Spoopy. <laughs> it is a picture, quite clearly, of one of the upper windows to the Angerstein house with a shape, a dark, shadowy shape that looks vaguely serpentine and familiar. Let's come back to Roy real quick. What's up? You basically make your way to the uh, nearest watering hole. And sure enough, you see Mitch at the bar, his head down on the rail and uh, several empty tankards next to him. And the barkeep looks up at you. Can I help you? No, but this asshole can. And I'll walk up to Mitch. Yeah, good luck. He's, he's been out cold for an hour. Okay, well, I'll grab his hair and slam his head onto the bar to try and wake him up. His head hits the bar, rebounds slightly, and then he slumps onto the ground off the stool. And the barkeep's like, uh, why don't you wait there? I'm going to give uh, Chief Weaver a call. And he picks up the phone. And that's where we're going to call this episode. Oh, Roy's going to prison. I wanted to shoot the phone, though. <laughs> <laughs> 
Any theories what's going on here? I think it has something to do with the upper floor of that house. I think it's every floor of that house. I think that my theory right now is that the pastor is not on the right side of his religion. Pastor? I hardly know her. Right? He's on the left side of his religion. Uh, That's my guess is that he's behind all this. He's trying to distance himself, and I'm hoping that that the paperwork you found is going to show something that uh, he's more involved than he said he was, which means he's lying, which means he's responsible for a lot of this. My theory is that I actually killed Kelly. Well, I would not put it past Just you. Just follow the money, man. Just follow the money. 9-11 was an inside job. That's Come right. On. That's right. Jet fuel can't melt steel memes. Nothing can <laughs> melt steel memes. All right, let's go ahead and launch into our recommendos of the week. Woo-hoo! And why don't we start with me? This week, I'm going to recommend the film Cub. All right, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) And we're walking. All right, so Cub is a 2014 Belgian horror film inspired by a mixture of French extremism. So if you're familiar with Martyrs or uh, Calvaire, and also mixes in some 80s horror flicks, don't go in the woods type things, slashers. So a little bit of uh, Friday the 13th in there. Some of the same parables like don't have sex or you might get killed kind of thing. It has a really downbeat ending, which I love. And essentially follows the tale of a young boy who is in the Boy Scouts. And he goes along with his Boy Scout troop to the woods for a camping trip in in either Belgium or France, can't quite tell. I think it might be over the border into France. And they are Belgian. I think that's how it goes. Basically, they run into a situation where they've rented a property or a piece of land that belongs to, a let's say, a factory owner who has laid off all of his workers in the area. So it's a very depressed kind of socioeconomic situation. And there's maybe somebody left on the land who is disgruntled and takes it out on passersby. It's very cool and creepy, extremely violent. A dog dies, so if you don't aren't into that particular thing, then you might want to skip it. It does die pretty terribly. The whole film has uh, some themes of class, nationalism, because there is sort of a, a Belgian versus French kind of deal going on. Also explores the themes of what do you do when you exist at the fringes of society? How do you make a living? Also following orders mindlessly. Also sort of a bad seed thing going on where it follows uh, the main character. It has some problems that we don't really know why he has these problems but are people born bad so uh, i highly recommend this it's it's suspenseful but it's also got a little bit of comedy in it like i said a really downbeat ending that gives it a lot of juice at the end and, and makes you think cool cub 2014 so that's my recommendo brian why don't you go ahead yay beer. i am recommending ghost stories this is an anime that was sent over from a japanese animation house and they received it at our at one of the uh, united states dubbing locations where they'll dub it and put it out for uh, retail and they decided that they were not going to push this through as a anime that would be profitable so they allowed all of their voice actors to write their own stories for this anime and change it completely it is unbelievably funny and they just released all of it to crackle so you can watch the entire series on Crackle. Great quality. So yeah, Ghost Stories, definitely check it out. It's not rated. You, you will definitely get some information. They're, they're, uh, they're middle school kids, elementary school kids, I believe. And their school is haunted. 
and it's all the fun that ensues um, when disgruntled voice actors get to write their own lines for these little children to say that are definitely not appropriate. Go go check out Ghost Stories. Uh, let's move on to Matt. Uh, speaking of things that are hilarious, uh, hold on to your pants. I'm not telling you to play a game this week. I'm going to recommend that everyone go out and watch the, the Netflix original series, BoJack Horseman. At the time of this recording, the fourth season has come out very recently, and I binge-watched all 12 episodes in two days. It's... Just- such an incredibly well done show the the writing is absolutely top of the top of the line in terms of how they thread all of their storylines and their plots together and how they can weave in really great like absurdist humor into super dark situations like having family and marital issues abortions mental health problems like dementia and depression and at the same time they're covering all this stuff you're laughing your ass off because there's some really, really great comedic moments in there as well. The The voice of the main character, Bojack, is voiced by Will Arnett. All right, Gabe, how about you? I got me a comic book to recommend. This has been a consistent, legitimately through my entire life, I've read this comic. It started in 2003. It's uh, called Invincible. It's about a superhero. It's by Robert Kirkman, who is the same guy that did The Walking Dead. And if you've ever read or seen The Walking Dead, you know that Robert Kirkman is good at really boring soap operas. This takes uh, his soap opera prestige and adds it to a teenager who when he hits puberty he becomes a superhero like he finds out his dad is basically superman and is protecting the earth and he's like trying to grow up trying to deal with you know everyday puberty kid stuff and also adjusting to his powers and it's such a long-running comic that you just run through his entire life i mean not like his entire life but almost in real time with him aging as it goes on like he gets married he has a kid it's it's really cool it's hilarious it's super gory which is awesome i think the whole thing is just it's really well written it's really funny at times it's really you you do you feel all kinds of emotions while you're reading this like it's such a long-running thing that he hits so many different he experiments his writing with this story and it's really well done it's called invincible all right well that's gonna be it for this episode of lovecraft tapes thank you for listening please subscribe on itunes google music stitcher or anywhere you download your regular podcasts if you like what you hear please leave us a five-star review on itunes meanwhile you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com with links to all our social media including facebook reddit youtube and our wiki links to our recommendos can be found on our website you can find me on twitter at lovecraft tapes and uh if anyone has any idea why no one seems to answer my questions when i ask them let me know on twitter at the real weird kid and you can find me at lovecraft gabe when matt doesn't cut me off you can find me laughing on twitter no you can't at brian podcast you can't i don't laugh all right well guys until next time roll for sanity The Lovecraft Tapes is copyright 2017. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com.